And now, Lord, come now, be with us as we endeavor to hear and receive your word. May the words that I speak bring you God praise and never, never shame. Enlighten our minds, soften our hearts, and unite us that we, your people, will be glad, glad, glad to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The sermon for this beautiful morning, promises made, promises kept. Promises made, promises kept. When I was a high school student in the small town of Savannah, Tennessee, one of the highlights of being in high school was to look forward to going to the prom or better yet being invited to the prom. It was always questionable if every guy would get a chance to be invited to the prom. And one particular girl, I consider her the most beautiful girl in school and everybody just wondered who she would invite. And he went to sleep at night, just dreaming and praying, Lord, let her pick me, let her pick me. But she chose, she went in a very strange direction for most of us. She chose, I will, I will just call him Will in order to protect the innocent. She chose Will. Will was a transplant from California. Will came to our small town of Savannah, Tennessee with a suitcase full of weed, a projector and X-rated movies, loaded dice, marked cards, and a 38 pistol. At 16 years old, he was a true gangster, but he had charm and wit. He could dance like nobody, he could sing. He, he had it all and we envied him, didn't like him, wanted to smother him in his sleep or wanted him to go missing. But she chose that particular guy. And the thing about going to the prom, you had to promise the girl that she would show up because girls spend a lot of money, time, energy all year saving their money to get the right dress, to get the right hair to do for the prom. And so if she, you got asked, if you're obligated, you made a promise, I will come pick you up. Well, the young lady got dressed up, smelling good, hair pressed down, lotioned up, Vaselined up. She was ready for the prom and she waited 10 minutes, she's late. She waited and she waited and she waited and will never show up. Her life changed. You wouldn't think that the broken promise would change somebody, but her whole personality changed after that. She was no longer the same young lady after that promise was broken to her. As I look back in my memory bank and I think about the word promise and what it means, you know, that gets to be sacred. It, it's not just something you say when you promise to do something between family. It's a family, it's a promise is that I will do this. But unfortunately, in a human context, a lot of promises are made and a lot of promises are broken. We don't know what circumstance caused Will not to show up out. She, uh, nobody ever shared that. We don't know what circumstances promise when a, when, a, when a father who's separated from his children or divorced says, I'll pick you up and he breaks that promise and the child's looking forward to going to a ball game or something. We don't know what, 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 makes a husband break his promise to be always faithful to a wife. We don't know that, but we know that some promises are made and some promises are kept. But the Old Testament talks about a powerful sovereign God who makes promises. He makes covenants. 
made a covenant with Abraham, made a covenant with Moses, made a covenant with Noah, a covenant that said, I will be your God. Certain things are not gonna happen and I will be with you till the end of time. That is a sacred covenant. The covenant God makes with us. It says you keep it because God has kept his prom promise through the centuries and through the ages. Jesus is not going anywhere through anything that happens. We know God is still gonna be on the throne. And the question, we beg the question, if God keeps his promises and we have a sacred covenant, what happens to us? When we join the church, we make a sacred promise, a holy covenant to do all the things we said we will do. I will serve you, I will give my resources, I will give my time, I will give my talent, I will pledge my life to the church. Unfortunately, God keeps his covenant, but we struggle, we struggle to help others to keep that sacred covenant. Humans, when we marry, there's a covenant between a man and wife, a covenant that says, I will honor you, I will protect you uh, in sickness and health. I will have no, I will, I will not have a side chick or a side dude. I will not, I will not desire things that that violate and break my marriage covenant. We make that holy promise. And half the marriages end in, in divorce because that holy covenant, that holy promise has not been kept. And I am convinced that the reason we can't keep our holy covenant, our holy promise is that we don't understand the covenant that God has made with us. We don't understand that this is sacred stuff. This is holy stuff. And it ought to change us. It ought to, it ought to make us emerge from like a, like a caterpillar. We ought to emerge from our cocoon flying, just ready to soar. Because we understand and know God has made a promise. God got angry and destroyed everything, and yet he said, I will give humankind a chance again. I will save some people. We'll start over. And when we start over, what does that mean? It means that the ones who are my children, the ones who are my saints, understand my word, understand uh, what, I, what I desire, understand that I want this world to be perfect, understand that I want you to treat each other better, understand that I want you to keep your promises. And if you are married to the church, you make have a holy covenant with the church. Are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you comfortable? Are you just truly comfortable with what you got? Are you comfortable with, comfortable with just having stuff? Are you comfortable with being able to travel, being able to buy what you want, having a healthy life, just comfortable? But I'm telling you, folks, no matter how comfortable we are, comfortable we are, something can come crashing down on you in a heartbeat. Disease is no respect of persons. Death is no respect of persons. Situations we get in is no respect of persons. Death, divorce, I call them the dreaded Ds, death, divorce, depression. Death, death, so many things can happen to us. And if we are not on course and understand God's covenant, that he's not going anywhere, we can't rise above. We, it's like being in a, in a grave that we can't emerge from because we will not let allow God's holy covenant to pull us out of the grave. So we're following him. That means every day that we see him, we're with him, our life gets better and better. Not better in, in, in circumstance where everything's gonna be fine, where everything's gonna be all right. 
we know that life has its ups and downs, but the end result is that God is going to be with us through thick and through thin. Whatever storms come up, God's going to give us the rainbow sign. Might not be water, it'll be fire next time. What does that mean to us for us? It means that I have given you life. I have given you a journey to be on. And life has to be more than just, just, just going through the motions. It has to be more than a, than, a, than, a, than a military type routine. It has to be that I understand God. I understand that spontaneity sometimes is important. I understand that marching on is important. I understand that God has said to me, explore this entire world, just treat it right. God has said to me, treat others right. God has said to me, just keep moving, keep going, keep going, keep going. Let Don't let anything turn you around. Keep going on toward perfection. Keep going on toward perfection. Keep going on with the saints. Walk with the saints. Don't walk with those who are going in the wrong direction. Walk with the saints. Where will you find them? You'll find them in church. You'll find them in civic organizations. you find them everywhere. And you will know them by their fruit. You ever been in an organization where you know people who just talk all the time? All they do is talk. All they do is talk. But the quiet warriors, the one who do the work, don't have to express themselves constantly. I think sometimes we talk just to fool ourselves that we have value. You don't have to talk to have value. You have to be able to say that I am God's child. I was born with value. And how I've inherited from my Lord, I'm a prince, I'm a princess, and I will act like it. You know, in the color purple, I love that line where he says, oh, mister, says this son, boy, you, you're the head of your own dinner table and you're sitting here acting like a darn waiter. Too many of us are acting like waiters in God's kingdom. Too many of us are going around with a head hung down, too, hung down. Too many of us have not embraced God's preferred future. We've not looked up toward the sun. We're not moving, we're not searching ahead. Too many of us have stopped and we're stuck. You've heard me say many times, my grandfather always said, a lot of people die around 30. They just went on 80 to be buried. Just stop living. They just stopped living. You know, when I grew up, I, I was determined that when I got married and had children, I will not live a mundane routine life. I got tired of having fish on Friday, pot roast on Sunday. Nothing ever deviated. It was just go. We went to, you know, we're going to on vacation. We're going to Selka Bud. Every, we're going to Selka Joe. We're doing the same stuff. And maybe circumstances, we, we had to do that. But I'm saying if you don't have to do that, God says, have some spontaneity. Try something different. Go somewhere else. Do something else. Explore the world. I've given you a heart for curiosity. I've given you a mind that seeks out things. I've given you... Uh, uh, love for other people. Embrace that, take it and receive it. I have made a covenant with you, which means when God makes a covenant with us, that covenant ties us. We have a rope tied that ties us to every human being God has ever created. Wherever they are, you are uniquely tied and their welfare ought to concern you and vice versa. We're uniquely tied because we truly care for God's creation. We truly care for God's people. We live in covenant. And a covenant says, I will use all my resources, my gifts, my graces, my time, my talent. I will use that for kingdom building. 
how I use it for kingdom building. Too often we don't we don't have people understand why we need all you got. Because people are not going to join churches when they think all you want them to do is help you pay utility bills, help them to pad your pews, help them to 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 help you bring ding-dongs on Sunday morning. And all that's okay. But people join churches when they know that you are there to serve humankind, when they know that you are there to make a spiritual difference, when you are there to make a physical difference, when you're there to love and to care about people. And people want to join a church when they say it is not about the folk with their butts on a pew. It's about the folks who get up and leave the pew. It is not about making people happy and content and satisfied. It's about challenging folk to serve, to serve and serve until we die. That's who God calls us to be. The ones who continue to serve, we serve with passion, not pessimism. We serve with passion and joy and hope and we fulfill God's mandate of this holy covenant. What will you do with your life? And the question is, what do you tell your children? As God has given you a child, the child is born and, and we think about in roots when they lifted up the baby and behold, something great, when, you, when, when the baby was placed in your hands, what was your desire to tell that child about the future? Was it your desire to tell a child to get all you can, grab all you can, hold all you can? Or was your desire to tell a child, you are born into a wonderful, awesome world with other brothers and sisters and family, embrace them, love them, care about them. You are born for a purpose. If you're born to teach, teach with passion, in Christian values, if you're born to be a doctor, let it be about, about, about serving people and not making money. If you're born to be a lawyer, let it be about serving people and not making money. Let it be about doing what God has called you to do because you are a saint, you are a servant, and you got to keep on going. So what stops us when we, from understanding this covenant? We just get lazy sometimes. We get lazy and we don't see the work our brothers and sisters are doing. We get lazy, we don't see the need. We get lazy. Sometimes we get so caught up with self. I've been there, done that, brought the t-shirt. It is about me. I remember life in my 30s and 40s when everything I did, I compared to what other people had. You know, I turned forward and I started laughing. This, if you, if you are in the race, the rat race, as Joe Lowry said, if you're in a rat race and you win, at the end, you're still a rat. I don't want to be a rat at the end. I want to be a child of God who's not in a rat race, who's not trying to keep up with the Joneses who don't even like me, who's trying to keep up with the folk who keep on keeping on for the Lord, the folk who keep saying day after day. You know, we, we, we got saints that we mentioned, and somebody mentioned Miss Charlene Parker that I think about almost on a daily basis. I think about if I look through the litany and the line of saints that have gone on and I said, Lord, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen? Did those values that they instilled and did they hold on or we just got them in a bucket or a box somewhere? The values that they gave us, you know, we got saints that have gone on and what they gave us should launch us into a preferred future if we are willing to listen. It's not enough to, to love somebody from afar and have memories of how good they were. What God calls us to do is to say, I may never, never reach the, the goals they reach. I may never be them, but I sure as heck wanna travel in the same steps 
I want my footprints to go in that same direction. I want to do the things I do, not because I want anybody to pat me on the head or to applaud me. I want to do them because that's who I am, because I am God's child. And when we do that and say that and believe that, the world changes. The world gets better. I think about, often think about my grandmother and the little house that she was born in that I was also born in, my mother was born in. I think about that little house. And I think about how she ironed clothes for people and how they treated her when, when they came to get her clothes and sometimes when they weren't ready and how they talked to her. And the smile she kept on her face and, and I finally had to ask, grandmother, why do you accept this abuse? And she said, because I know they ain't got the final say. I know that you won't have to face this abuse. And I know that your child won't. I trust God because God made a covenant with us. I trust God that every year it will get better. Now, you may bury me before it all gets where it needs to be. But you have to trust and have the faith to believe that it will get better. And I'm not ready to leave here until I hear you say it's going to get better. You have to say it, but more importantly, you got to believe it. So the challenge for us is we hear God's anger after he destroys everything and we see his love when he says, I will save you, Noah, and I will be your God. To see both sides of a sovereign Lord who loves his people so much that at the end, he's ready to give his only son for you and for me. If that does not move you, it does not, does not make you want to be a better person. If that does not make you want to serve better, to love better, to live better, then I don't know what it will take. God calls you, he calls me. Calls us by the lightning, he calls us by the thunder. The trumpet sounds way in your soul. You ain't got long to stay here. But as you stay here, as you stay, what will the world say about what you did while you were here? What will the world say about your service, about your love, and about your compassion? If the world says that you live bitter instead of better, if the world says you complain more than you help, if the world says you took more than you gave, if the world says you it was about you, if the world says you lived an apathetic life, you didn't care, if the world says it about you, or will it say, here lies a child of God, wasn't perfect, has some good days, some bad days, mad some days, happy some days, but always, this child always walked with God. So be it. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us pray. Now, Lord, we love you, and we want all people to love you. Those under the sound of my voice, those YouTube participants, if you need the Lord in your life, you just got to say, Lord, I I repent of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. Come into my life, Lord. 
and I would move in that direction. And it's done. You can seek out a church, a pastor to say, I've made this commitment. What are my next steps? It could be me. It could be another pastor. My concern is that you do it. It is not about adding to our roles. We'd love to have you. But it's about adding to the kingdom, the universal church of God. So contact us if it's us. If it's someone else, please contact them. And those people who are with us through glory sightings, same thing applies to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give thanks. Amen.